What's up, guys? Welcome into a very quick episode of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and checking in quickly here because if you have not heard or paid attention to what's going on in my life, which most of you, 99% of you probably have not, I uh, was lucky enough to, uh, through the superhero powers of my wife, we had our second son just on Friday, so I've had very little downtime, as you would imagine, now trying to juggle the act of a four-and-a-half-year-old at home with a newborn and trying to do anything I can to help uh, his, their mother, who is is recovering and trying to do all the things that come with being a mother. I don't need to go into that detail for a newborn. It's challenging, grueling mentally, physically, and everything for them. It's it's an interesting thing. Like You would think that the nature of humans would be that the mother goes through the grueling nature of having the child, all that comes with that. The father would be able to do more of the nourishment, right? But that's not how it goes. The mother has to give birth to the child and then has to do all of the nourishment, which makes her extremely tired amongst also being physically destroyed from what happens during childbirth. Not to get into the details of that, but um, it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's tough to see. And I just want to do everything I can to be with her. So episodes are going to be sparse this week uh, as, as I try to figure out how to navigate my time and helping her and being where I can be for all of this. So the good thing is we're almost done with the preview series. So we're going to finish up with the safeties today in the next episode. I hope to get a couple more episodes out this week leading up to training camp and now just seven days, believe it or not. That's that's crazy. But um, yeah, we're going to we're going to get there and we're going to hit on safeties. But before we do that, I want to remind you of some good stuff that's been up at the OBR lately. The GM chair series, Jack Duffin also hit on safeties. It gives his outlook over the next three years on who he thinks will be around and who he thinks will be gone. Uh, then there's a 23 scouting notebook from Corey Kennan. He does a great job. Uh, why Cleveland Browns fans should care about certain positions and players coming into this year. And uh, there's another nice piece up from uh, Andrew Spade looking at uh, looking at you know, the insider setting low expectations. And then um, for the Deshaun Watson situation. And then a cat, the one I wanted to talk about too is the cap rollover situation. So what the Browns are doing and why they're doing it with cap rollover, I think is a really great insightful piece. So if you've ever wondered about why cap rollover is the way it is, it is uh, why they do it, why the Browns are adding as much as they're adding or trying to keep as much cap space available. Jack explains it to you very thorough, very detailed. So you can understand why rollover cap is so important year to year and how it helps your budget and what the Browns are doing and why they're supplementing it with void years, all of that stuff. So check that out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Today we're going to hit on safeties, which the two that are going to be the most important are going to be John Johnson and, and Grant Delpit. So we're going to hit on those guys uh, in this very brief episode uh, where where John Johnson is interesting. Okay, The, the Browns broke the market for them a little bit with how they go about things. They went out and got John Johnson, a massive position of need as a free agent going into last year. He's still in his prime, in my opinion. I hope would hope a guy who's just 27 turns 28 on December 19th. Uh, he'll play all of this year at 27. Is still in his prime. He is uh, a 2017 draft pick. You know, he came from the Rams. He was a round three pick, 91 out of Boston College. So his current contract structure looks like this. In 2022, he has a 7.5 cap number. In 2023, he carries a 13.5 cap number. So that jumps up significantly. All right. So he he, it's tough for them to move off of him in the next two years. They really don't save much. They can do a post-June 1 cut and save a little bit of money next year. Uh, if they cut him before 23, but I would think he would be around for 23 and then is a likely 24 casualty where they can save some money. Um, but it wouldn't be off the rails if he did not perform really well this year for them to move off off of him before 23. But I just don't think that's going to quite happen. So again, he carries a 13.5 number uh, next year in 23, and then we'll kind of see where they go with John after that. They could do some restructuring. They can move some different pieces around to sort of make it work there but but it feels like John is locked in for 22 and 23 barring something substantial happening if you do recall he started out the season pretty rough he was the first five games of the season he was below at or 60 or below and sort of a mediocre game grade area he started to pick it up week six through the end of the year his one bad game if you took New England out of the picture I thought he was playing really good football by the end of the year now, the grades are not as strong as his time in L.A., obviously a completely new system, completely new responsibilities, and I think that that's important to remember. I mean, he had 652 free safety snaps. I don't know if that will change. It could, but I don't know if it'll change. I mean, you got to understand he had 394 free safety snaps in the, in the 2020 season with the Rams and 459 box snaps. He only had 132 box snaps. He was at 467 inside the tackle box in 2018 503 at free so like he had a significant amount higher as a box safe or sorry as a free safety and then as a slot defender he was up over 109 so that number climbed for him uh, a little bit from some of his early rams days he was so versatile for the rams in 20 where he had 450 box snaps 394 at free and 264 in the slot so he was a little bit of all over the place and 1,159 snaps. So he didn't play every single game for the Browns this year. That's why he only had 903, didn't climb over that 1,000 number. But when he was out there, he was the green dot, and he played a ton. I mean, I'm talking he was the communicator on defense, and I was really encouraged by how he finished the season because uh, the beginning of it was pretty rough. But by the end, he started to really figure it out again. The stop tackle stuff I would like to climb up more, but again, you're not going to get many of those stop tackles, which are plays that result in uh, a net negative for the offense, right? They, their tackles that constitute a failure, usually at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. You're not going to get many of those when you're playing free safety. Um, but yeah, so th- I would love to see that number climb, but again, that's about opportunity more than anything else. The thing that's most interesting is he only had 29 targets in his direction in 2021. He had 73 targets credited in his direction in 2020, yet he only gave up 390 yards in 2020 despite all of those 
and he gave up 222 this past year. So it jumped from a 7.1 number to an 11.7. You would like to see that move down a little bit. He had three interceptions, which is a jump, but he had nine pass breakups in 2020 and only two last year. So, again, it's learning a new scheme, learning new responsibility. I'm not here to say John Johnson can't handle what they're asking him to do, but it's clearly a different ask than what he was asked to do with the Rams. Now he, he it's a reminder that he is not a great long burst athlete. He's only a four, six forty guy. So sometimes having him play free all the time, I don't think is the best thing I would love. Personally, I would love for him to have a more diverse snap count number stuff. Like we've seen in 2020 and 2018 with the Rams, where he was, he was, you know, close to 500 box snaps, 400 free safety snaps, but it doesn't feel like the Browns trust the depth of their safety room to allow him to do that. The Browns like to play more too high instead of single high, and um, they're definitely more zone heavy. And when you're more zone heavy, you're not going to move your safeties down as often. So, you know, if you're going to get up and play man, you can have him playing slot corner. You can have him doing a bunch of different things. But I don't think they're quite as diverse as Staley was using him in 2020 with the Rams. So, while I hold hope that that's the best version of John Johnson and that they can get more creative with him, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to get more creative with him this year. Uh, I think they're kind of pigeonholing him into this responsibility. And not that it's a bad thing uh, because they need that responsibility covered in this defense. But as far as John individually, I would like to see a little bit more diversity to where he aligns. We'll track that very closely. Now you get to Grant Delpit. Now Grant is fascinating. He was... Coming back from the injury, you know, the Achilles rupture that he had last uh, last year. Sorry, it should be 2020, before the 2020 season. Um, so he was he was eased back in slowly. 26 snaps, 17 snaps, 23 snaps, 9 snaps. He did get a high volume in Minnesota, 65. But then by the end of the year, I thought he really started to seek some comfortability and they started to believe in him in this defense. Where he is at 44, 74, 57, 80, 54 to close the year. And that indicated to me that they believed in him. I thought his numbers were pretty strong. They used him in a bunch of different ways. Now, the the way they used him is kind of how John Johnson was used in L.A. So maybe there's a tweak here where Grant gets some of the things that John did. I don't know. We'll see. Because Grant had 238 box snaps and 256 free safety snaps, 80 slot corner snaps. So he was very diverse and how they used him. They allowed him to get after the quarterback where he had three pressures. He played close to the line of scrimmage where he had 18 stop tackles and a forced fumble. He had 44 tackles. He did miss nine. I'd like him to clean that number up, but he was pretty good there. He only had 22 targets in his direction and allowed 227 yards. He had an interception and a pass breakup, so you like that. I think that what's interesting and what we will probably track before the season is... You know, how they're using Grant in a role that we maybe thought John was going to be used in Cleveland to do, but obviously it works out that that Grant is able to handle that role and allow John to play a bit more of a predictable position for him um, and something. And I would be interested to see the communication on that, whether John wanted to do more of the stuff he's doing, being more of a free safety, being more of a consistent back-end pr- processor, and allow Grant, who's a better athlete, to play closer to the line of scrimmage, or if John's doing that because that's what they're asking him to do. That that would be a question that I would love to be asked uh, to, to John Johnson about what his role is and kind of where his comfortability is and what they used. Because, again, the diversity in snaps for Delpit indicates 
That's something similar to what John has done throughout his career. The cap numbers on Delpit are great. A reminder, he's just 24 years old. He does not... Uh, well, he's not even 24 yet. He's still 23, turns 24 on September 20th. His contract, very manageable. He was the second-round pick, if you recall. He was pick 44, so he's going to get paid a little bit. Um, this past year, 2022, uh, sorry, 21, he had a 1.7 cap number. He has a 2.035 cap number this year, and next year is a 2.3 number, so all very manageable. I think you should expect some great things out of Grant Dell, but I think he's going to be used like crazy. I think they're going to put him all over the field, as we saw last year. If the tackling can improve, which we saw great upticks in tackling, uh, manageability is what I like to call it, how he was able to get people to ground. But if he can improve that stuff, continue to be a coverage guy in different forms and fashions, he is going to play so well alongside JOK, the bevy of talent that they have at corner, and he'll continue to expand his roles in the back half of this defense, which, again, we will track very closely during the season. So that's Grand Delpit. I think he's going to be a really big part of this thing. Now, you got a short episode here. I apologize about that, but we're really trying to move quickly to get some stuff done and talk to some AFC North people by the time camp gets here. Uh, I'm running on thin ice. Uh, I'm going to keep this thing under about 13 minutes. Hopefully you got something from this episode. I'm sorry these are so tight, guys. Once the season gets here, and especially camp in a week or so, I'll start drawing these out and getting into the good conversations I know you guys care the most about. So, Reporting back for dad duty. Appreciate you guys stopping by, checking out today's episode and the content that I'm uh, I'm trying to get put up. I know it's not great, but life's a little difficult here on this uh, paternity, maternity, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, leave to to help the family. So appreciate you guys checking in today. Have a great, great Wednesday, and go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.